And today we got another episode of the Low Five Podcast. Today's date is October 26, 2019. We're getting close to the Day of the Dead. I think the Day of the Dead is today. No. The, uh, the, it's the day after Halloween. Whoops. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> November anyway. 1st is Dios, Dios de los Muertos. Yeah, yeah. Dios de los Muertos. Um, so today's albums we want to talk about. These are stoner type. Yeah. Not, well, yeah, not definitely stoner, stoner albums. I guess it's opinion too. Yeah. Coming from a couple of stoners. The album I chose for this one is Santana's first album, their nineteen sixty nine self titled album, Santana with the with the lion yeah. in front of it. And the and album I brought to the table. Once again, back to the world of dark metal and fucking <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um go ahead, yeah. We got Electric Wizards Dope Throne. Yeah. Which is pretty much the quintessential stoner metal album. Why I mean, it's called Dope Throne. That's a yeah. good way to break into that album. And the cover is a wizard smoking a bong. Yeah, that's true. It was funny because, again, going down this world of, or the road, the journey of listening to new different types of metal music, you know. Yeah. This was very, you could tell they're inspired a lot by uh, Black Sabbath. Yeah. It's a very, like, Black Sabbath-influenced album. You I mean, know what I mean? Even it, the name of the band, Electric Wizard, they took that... They took that. Um, they got the name from two separate uh, Black Sabbath songs, uh, Electric Funeral and The Wizard. And so they just decided to combine the two titles together into Electric Wizard. Do you like... What do you, what do you think of Black Sabbath? Do you like Black Sabbath? Oh, yeah. They're awesome. That's one of your favorite bands? I know we're talking about I mean, about probably that. not one of my favorite bands, but... They have some really good albums. I think yeah. their first, like, like the first, like, couple of uh, Ozzy, uh, Ozzy Osbourne Black Sabbath records, I think were, like, the best. Like, Masters of Reality and and uh, um, the first album, the self-titled one. Yeah, Black Sabbath um, with the purple? Yeah. The purple no, no, that one's Master of Reality. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, those are just, like, quintessential just... That was like the birth of metal right there. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, you, you would say they're like the godfathers of... Uh, I would say so. You know what I mean? Of just metal in yeah. general. Like of what just, it means to metal yeah. rock music. Yeah. Black Sabbath. Because the electric wave is definitely influenced. You could hear it in the songs. And yeah. What it's I, like imagine if like Black Sabbath like continued with like their first album and they just never really changed except they just got heavier and they're, heavier. they're heavier that's just opinion. like electric wizard it's just like the heavier version of black sabbath in a sense yeah which yeah. i mean i think is pretty cool uh and like the whole like theme of the album is just like it's just like a, a crazy just like drug trip you what, know what I, I mean yeah what i didn't mind of the album because when it comes to metal usually my least favorite part is the vocals yeah a lot of times i can get you know? it yeah uh, it's not really the most maybe i don't have an ear for it yet but um what i like what they did with the album is that the voice you had the metal like the yeah the heavy guitar but the heavy guitar it kind of like they put the vocals behind the guitar when well, that's you listen how. To it, well, when you listen to like old school psychedelic records and like old school just like psych rock uh, records, sure. that's how they typically would do the vocals in those type of songs. It would be more like in the background, a little bit distorted and kind of like trippier. You know what I mean? Uh, like when you yeah. look at when you look at Pink Floyd's uh, first album, Saucer Full of Secrets. You know, Sid Barrett's voice is like 
I wouldn't say it's like the forefront of it, but it's like definitely a bit it's more in it's the a, tracking. It's, it's more in more it, more mixed. And Electric Wizard, they did that because I mean, you know, they're influenced by like the whole psychedelic seventies like kind of movement of or sixties seventies yeah kind of movement of all that. In the Santana album, that's they have a psychedelic funk. That oh, was a funky yeah. album, and a lot of these guys like. There was a Woodstock performance again. It was for my time. Unfortunately, I wish I was there to experience. Yeah. But these guys were playing. Yeah, Santana and the drummer. It was the song which is off this album, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorites, Soul Sacrifice. Yeah. With the bongos coming, and you you know, so it sounded sick. On that Woodstock performance, sorry, there's a video. They're tripping. 100%. Yeah, they're like on, I would say, ass and maybe. They, they definitely are. They were, they it, said, it was definite. They that said they later were. on in, in like interviews, later yeah. on in the years or whatever, that, yeah, they were pretty much like all on, all tripping on, on uh, during that performance. I think like one of the guys was on PCP or some That's shit. That's what I'm saying. It was something Another guy not was on acid, acid per se. Well, yeah, well, acid I, for sure. I think sure. Santana was on acid, probably. But one of the guys was on PCP. I was remember reading that. Or maybe probably mescaline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something like that, which was, um, but they played phenomenal and i dig that sound because i feel like in that time era when i think like they're rock but that they have the funk you even hear to me a little bit of the spanish well, sound to it like the, what's with interesting the about santana and this album in particular and them being at woodstock is that they were like pretty much one of the only like East Coast band that was there at Woodstock. You know where what I mean? Where are they originally from? They're like from like New York or something like that. They're like not. They're not from the West. They're not from the West Coast. They're from East Coast because they're all like a mix of like New York kind of like uh, Dominican yeah. kind of style, like mix of like island people and like Puerto all these Rican. other Puerto Rican. My bad. Yeah. yeah. But produced the album with a man named Brent Dangerfield. Columbia Records mm-hmm. was the label for this first album, and um, I mean. It's definitely a drug trip. Yeah. Fuck yeah, you know. It's funny because and like it's a jam. Yeah, and it's funny because these two albums, at least to me, I feel like they're so similar yet so different because they're both trying to like achieve that same sort of like this is just like a jam like trippy like album, but they both kind of like took that and did it in their own in, way. In their one own was heavier metal. and a little bit darker. The other one was a bit more. I would say funk and African psychedelic and, 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 and like, some African roots and like Latin and too. funk Latin. and stuff That's like that. That's why I dug it yeah. so much. And Santana just kills on the guitar. Oh, yeah, That's fantastic. why I dig that album. And shoot, man, it keeps leaving. But it was all I wanted to say with the Santana record because, forgive me, it was song with the Soul Sacrifice song. Well, I do know that um, their their performance at Woodstock almost wasn't wasn't a thing their right. their manager pretty much like really worked their way into getting them onto uh to to be signed on to woodstock oh really yeah and um it was because of i think it was evil ways that song was the one that really kind of like hit the that's, market that, okay that's what i want to bring that was, up. One, that was a song that like really evil, like, oh, hit yeah. the radio uh, the evil way yeah baby, baby. Uh-uh. that's i love that song a lot and what i'm saying this is the point i wanted to say is that their vocals were more in the front in a sense when they had vocals there was a like a good piece of the album is very instrumental yeah like which i 
most music I listen to, I prefer more instrumentals than vocals for the most part. You know, depending, I guess, yeah. on what type. I guess hip hop, it's about the lyrics and more in so, time. Yeah. I now I think it's more about the production of the beats sure. and stuff. Where once upon a time it was more lyrically based. Yeah. I would say not to take away from MCs nowadays who can rap. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but it's like their vocals weren't necessarily blended in the background mm. like Electric Wizard. True. That's how I caught. But like, it felt more of like a part of it. It, than, yeah, it didn't true. really. It didn't really. It wasn't like they had like that's a true. singer and yeah. it was like you know oh it was his voice that stood out. It was more of like they had a group of these like guys. Robert Plant and yeah, Led Zeppelin. Right. You could tell he's the front man. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like the you vocals I mean? or something. And then you have Jimmy Page in the background, mm-hmm. and they're almost like in front of each other. Yeah. Exactly. You know, they take turns the going in front of each other. Exactly. You know what I mean? yeah. But in this, it felt more of like, all right, the whole band is just kind of singing together. You know like what I mean? War. Yeah. That's why I always liked War. It's another band. War. It's actually it kind of reminds me of of this album a lot. A lot of their yeah. music. Yeah. Um. You know, it's one album that I actually wouldn't mind talking about in the future too. And I th- I would like you to listen because I don't think you've heard it. Um, the world is a ghetto. I've heard it. Oh, you're oh, how yeah. good is that album? It's such a good album, right? You know, such a good album. Yeah. For me, and you, the world is a ghetto. In a four corner room, in my four corner, it's such a good album. Um, I've heard a couple of war war albums. Like some of their one of them was uh, the Spill the Wine album. I forget the name of that album. Spill the Wine was it? Yeah, they. I know. I know that one was particularly labeled as Eric Burden and War. That one one of my favorite albums by with Eric Burden War was. It was Eric Burden War, mm. uh, The Black Man's Burden. And I brought this up oh, before. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good which, album. Yeah, that's Black a, Man's Burden. a great album. Yeah, I talked about it, like, yeah. to, you know, extensively on that. Um, I mean, extend, you know, <laughs> to my liking. You know I mean? Not like I fucking, you You're know. Expert on this album. Yeah, it's a good album. The Santana album, it's a good, you can roll yourself, a nice one, smoke. <laughs> it's a good Blaze. To me, this is more like a Blaze album you can smoke. Chill, speaking I feel both of, of these albums are to me. Are, to me, they are. They are. The yeah. metal sometimes is is a, is a touch heavy. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I would suggest it to like people who are into like the heavier stuff. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I will say this with Electric Wizard: what I did like about them that they did get very melodic. Yeah. In some part, and you could hear like when the guitar transitions because they did kind of. Yeah, there were some parts that are a bit more uh, not as heavy, but there were like the transition, the transitional bits in between songs well, that are a bit more like instrumental. And there's just them kind of like messing around with the guitar and shit like that. I, um, I dug that part a lot. Yeah, that was my favorite part in that. Um, listening to the album. Yeah, you know, I've always I from the Electric Wizard album. I've always like they at the end of certain songs they they take like little uh, samples from like different movies like old school horror movies because yeah. <laughs> like the band they're into like the like old school like 60s 70s horror movies and stuff like that and so like they'll have like um, little beats bits and pieces and like in front of each song or whatever they kind of like gives you the whole mood of like what this song will be kind of like this like old school like Dark. vampire movie or some shit and they even have one song that's based off of uh conan the barbarian the song is called the barbarian it's like the, in the middle of the album and like the whole you know the lyrics is just about conan and is like you know based off the movie not really so much the books but um yeah, the arnold schrosenick uh, yeah yeah the whew, i haven't seen those like 70 late 70s yeah 
mid to late 70s. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good movie. I mean, it's like, it's good if you're like a stoner and into fantasy stuff. Because <laughs> it's yeah, just like, no, there's like barely any talking. It's just like Arnold's walking through a desert flexing <laughs> with a sword. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Yeah, no. That's what I did like. That's what I like about metal. What attracts me is that art design because it was it's always related to mythology, fantasy, and mythology. fantasy I've always dragons, yeah, electric wizard. I mean, yeah. the name itself, and that goes back with, right. with Black Sabbath. Even okay, so today we were down in Winwood and um, checking out some record stores. Which doesn't not know what Winwood is. It's a Winwood's a, if yeah mm-hmm. for nobody. Who do, it's a place down in Miami, which. It's like the I, art district kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, art district. And what's funny about it, because fifth, I would say 15 years ago, that was a bad, bad fucking neighborhood. Yeah. It wasn't like... <laughs> Definitely. You could tell. You see like cute girls taking photos now. I said, I don't know you could have done that 15 years ago oh, or or even 20 years ago. At definitely that not. It's changed a lot. But aside from that, so we were checking out some record stores. And there's a place we go to, really cool little spot called Gramps. And how, how did you find out about it? With the, um, I just found out about this event through like a, a coworker. They just told me about it, and it was like a, they have this thing where like at the end of every the the, uh, the last Saturday of every month yeah. they have like a record fair. Free shout out to Gramps. <laughs> yeah, no, these places. What I like going with you today because you're the record, you're the collector. Like when it comes yeah. to vinyls and things like that, we checked out this place. It's cool. I mean, just being outside was great, yeah. just to get out and checking stuff out, but. You know, this is like I see the niche now, like with vinyls. Like you go, like there's a community. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like you go there and you have all types of people, music lovers, if you will, and you know the genres. Some far out, like very authentic records, if you will. Would I don't know if you. Yeah, like they're definitely like original pressings. It's legitimate, like old, like the older stuff. Like when you go into like a record store and you see like a Led Zeppelin album. Is usually like a repressing that was like pressed in like you know the two thousands or like the nineties yeah. or something like that or like not even the nineties so like two thousands or something like that. But the stuff I hear were like more like the vintage records, like yeah, you know, and like I saw like an original like saucer full of secrets, Pink Floyd, like the first album. That was a fifty dollar album. That was an eighty dollar album. That was eighty. Yeah. And I'm sure there are other records there that were way more expensive. That I were believe older it. or probably more rare and stuff like that. Like I saw what um. Mm-hmm. You, we, I know you've told me about this before. I don't know if you said it on the podcast. What makes why it doesn't sound any better per se, does it? On a different, it, it like, depends on on the mastering because they they usually reissue an album um, for they like you know they either like remastered it or they they just want to resell it again because it's like an anniversary or something right. big like that. Um, but there certain albums do have a quality of pressing between certain albums. So like some first pressings are more sought after because yes, it is one, you know, the original one and everybody sure. wants the original. It's like comic books. Yeah. I always relate. It's very, very similar to comic books. It's the same mindset going into yeah, it. Yeah. It was my, that's, that was my niche or my thing to collect um, comic books yeah. and usually display. Now you're getting me into one of the buy vinyl <laughs> records. Honestly, more so when I look at all, I say it would look fucking dope. If I just yeah. took all awesome album covers and just laid it as so, even that in itself, I mean, just to make a cool effect, yeah. you know. But um, so yeah, so with the pressings, because I know you even told me, but the, yeah, there. So there are different qualities to a pressing. So like a, a first edition of an album could sound better than like a reissue. Like a good example would be, um, they recent they recently reissued Abbey Road, 
you know the famous uh, Beatles album. Sure. Um, and they remastered it recently, and I heard the remaster because you can hear it on iTunes and on. Are you a big on, fan of the Beatles overall? Yeah. Um, oh, you really dig them? I really like the Beatles. I yeah. respect them. I like a them a lot. I like Rubber Soul. Is such a good album. Really? And white. The White Album. Is oh, really the White good. Album is pretty. Yeah. I I, I love. They had that uh, creepy song. Sergeant Number Peppers. nine. Yeah. Number nine. Sergeant Peppers is probably like one of my favorite by them. Right on. Okay. But oh. um. But yeah. So they remastered Abbey Road, and it doesn't sound as good. And so I would assume if you get the vinyl, or let me explain why it wouldn't really sound as good to me. They made it too loud. There's no dynamics in it, you know what I mean? Because when it's, something is too loud, and when you master something to be, you know, way too loud, you kind of ruin the range, the dynamics of the of the of the song. So you can't really hear point. the different bits and pieces of each instrument, and you can't hear each thing if you focus. So like, if you put on a good pair of headphones, yeah. and you listen to to a song, you can really point out oh, okay so the bassist is playing this and the guitarist is playing this and the drummer is doing this and so on and so your forth your ear can pick up more of the right. instruments if the if the dynamics and it was mastered good and it was all in a good level you know like yeah. range level of, of of i don't really know the, the super technical yeah. It, yeah i don't know the super technical terms for it no, but around there but this new one it's a bit too loud it's almost like i'm listening if like how do you think of the sound of the santana with the version okay a lot of the when i check out an album well, most of like so those old albums, YouTube, so right? So those are probably quality. are like the original masters because. Hmm. Um, but on a digital output, does it take away? Because when you listen, to something I would have on, to hear it on vinyl. I mean, good I don't know. point. Yeah, that's you know. And then again, I would have to listen to a, a certain edition of that Santana album. You know what I mean? I'm sure if a repressing might sound different to like a first edition or some shit. That it, it it can get very nuanced, and some people say it's bullshit. And I kind of say, I would, I would say the majority of what people say is kind of bullshit when there's like the super fine tuning of like what you're really hearing. Yeah, he's I'm sure it's man. a little, little bit bullshit, but there is a difference to me. I can I, like, believe I can that, that there is a difference. Because I've heard it, comes... it with certain albums. Yeah. With the Wu-Tang well, album, you... I, I heard on vinyl, I've heard things in the beats that I'd never heard in the digital one no before. Way. Yeah. Like the, is the, it the scratching of the record that probably makes it better? It's it's just how it was mastered and the uh, way the pressing of the quality or the the quality of the pressing. And is. your opinion would be yeah. it's better on the vinyl from the from the pressing that I heard. Yeah, no shit, man. Yeah, like Cream sounded so different on vinyl than the digital. The beat for that sounds so much better. Like I don't know, there's something about it that no just sounds way, better dude. about we that at, on on vinyl than. Than, than digitally. We were having a few drinks last night at um, it's a place called 27, and they show everybody from like the 27 Club. And I'm sure a lot of people know, you know, Jimi Hendrix, yeah. Amy Winehouse, Dennis Joplin, Jim Morrison, Kurt, Kurt Cobain, and you know, there's a few more if yeah. I missed any. Um, and they play, so they had some good live music, yeah, right? The jam, it, it had really good funk, not jazzy, but loungy is probably a very good word to you. It was like loungy yeah. environment. Well, anyway. Um, the between music they were playing Wu Tang. It just sounded good yesterday, maybe because of the I mean, environment. Yeah. 
But I was like, damn, they're playing like 36 chambers. <laughs> you know, like Return of the 36 chambers. So I was like, oh, this is pretty torture, cool. Torture, motherfucker. Torture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so your asshole hook up clothes and keep feeding you and feeding you. you. And he hit, roll dice, man, roll dice. Ah, see, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's such a good album. Anyway, well, you know what's funny today? Speaking of the Santana album, um, I guess I you were looking more intently than I was because we stopped at a few record places. It was two in Winwood. One was the la- the one they do at the last Saturday of every yeah. month at Grants, and then we went to another one. What was that? One it was called? a little tiny one at like the back one. of a restaurant. Yeah, called uh, kinda, or Lucky. the front rather. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It was a little. It was called like Lucky Records. That one's. That was, I mean, it was pretty cool. They had no, a not Lucky. Yeah, uh, Leaky. No. no, it was called Lucky Records. No, it wasn't Lucky. The, the one that we just left was called Sweat Records. That was Sweat. Okay, yeah, I called it Leaky Records. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, um, I was stoned. I was like, yo, no. The what was the one in between? Lucky. Where those women walked in, they were Lucky. like. That was Lucky? Lucky. Oh, no shit. Yeah, Lucky For Records. Some reason I thought of it that one, I mean, it was cool. They had, like, a cool selection there. They did. Um, a lot of, like, newer albums. And then, and like, they had, like, a lot of, like, used records. But what I've noticed that the records that they carry, especially, like, in Miami, that area, it seems more like, like, they're more catered towards, like, DJs, I think. Because... I agree. Because, it Which looked, I because a dug. lot of these are, like, a lot of these records that they had, especially the used ones, were, like unlabeled and they were kind of like in like a pile and so what djs would typically do they would take that hear a song on it or whatever probably use it for a sample you know what i mean and so that's what i would assume because whenever i rock and walk into a record store especially here in miami it's like every other dude is like a dj like yeah man i'm just a dj looking for some shit man yeah (laughs) and it's just like the same stuff like it's i don't know i I, I always that's interesting every record store i've been to down here is always like djs what um which you know, no, no, no. Out here, what's your favorite one to go to of the ones you know? Uh, Technique Records. That oh. one is probably my favorite. Right on. Yeah, mainly because of their metal selection. Mainly because of that, but they just have a good variety of stuff in general too. Brick and mortar. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give a big shout out to them. Cool, cool spot. Technique Records, NMB. I haven't, Miami che- Beach. Yeah, I haven't um <laughs> that's one place I would have to probably check out. I have yet to check out that was next to the comic book store on one twenty fifth, right? Somewhere around there. Yeah. I did that side job with the the carpentry project. <laughs> um, but um Yeah. But yeah, going back to the records. Sure. Um yeah, technique would probably be my my favorite one out of those. Speaking of the pressings, yeah. I want to ask you because you told me to uh you told me this today and I actually I didn't know this, with Japanese pressings. Oh yeah, that's right. So certain albums have a Japanese addition to them, and that's because in Japan, um, they kind of have a law where if you're going to sell a record there, it has to be, like, um, I believe, like, manufactured in Japan. Right on. Or or something along those lines, either, like, um, mastered in Japan or, like, manufactured in Japan, one of the two. But typically when a band does that and they're, like, from Europe or, you know, somewhere in the West... Um, and they released their Japanese version of the album, those typically would have like either a different mastering or like a different, or like they would add like one or two songs, like either like just an extra song or like just, um, or like a live version or like a remix or something like that. Something's always a little bit different with those albums. And even like the cover is like a little bit different too, because of the way it's formatted. The Japanese have like the label going down the middle and they have, um, like, they look awesome. um, Those those covers. Yeah. They're almost a, a collecting piece in themselves. Yeah, mo- some people um, kind of are 
some Japanese records are more sought after than their than their U.S. or European counterparts. That's crazy. Yeah, because some uh, some of those Japanese pressings have these extra songs that you can't hear anywhere else on on vinyl. You know what I mean? What? You know, um, I can't think of. I know Radiohead has like a lot of. Radiohead does that a lot because they they always record a shit ton of music and they always have like a lot of just like unreleased tracks and so their Japanese versions have like extra tracks that that the U.S. and and Europe hasn't heard. Speaking of the, I mean, um, like you know they have, but you know what I mean. No, I thought that was kind of cool when you even brought it up, and it makes a lot of sense because obviously the characters are just completely different from just looking at English letters. You know yeah. what I mean? And everything, right? It's up uh, uh, high to low, how so. Japanese read. Yeah. Forgive me. But yeah, so I can see how it changes. Mm-hmm. But even the extra bits that they add to it. Yeah, because it has to be, it costs extra money to like, you know, make those records, you know, for the band and for the label, it costs extra money for them to have it be not only manufactured in the in US and Europe, but also again in Japan. Got it. You know what I mean? So yeah. they... So the Japanese people are like, all right, we're going to pay extra for that. You guys are going to get extra. Yeah. Right on. Oh, that's cool. But they also, if you're buying it from the U.S. and you're trying to import it, it will be, you know, more expensive. Like way more expensive. It's interesting because I've always, when I think of some jazz or different types of jazz, I, what's wrong? Everything? No. Okay. Um, It seems very aligned, like when I think of like a Nujibis, so it's more like Mm -hmm. hip-hop-ish, but the... Well, he's the collection actually Japanese, of, though. Yeah, but the type of music is a hip-hop sound. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Nujibis has jazz elements into sure. it, very yeah, very yeah. smooth. Or, you know, what really struck me today, and when we were in the record store, especially in Winwood, because they had actually a good hip-hop uh, Yeah, selection. I mean, Miami is known for its, its hip-hop, you know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to get away from hip-hop in, in, in some of these record stores, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but when I saw the Jay Dilla albums, oh, I yeah, thought yeah. that was really cool. I was like, damn. And that, when you put the idea in it, it's like, because I don't have a record player, I'm thinking to play the records. We wouldn't just get it, because. Yeah. I mean, a, you're going to get a record player eventually. Sure, if you are, of course. You know I would I mean? like to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was, I thought today was a good experience just seeing, you know. Yeah. Because there's a camaraderie to it. You know, yeah. even with There those, is a, a, a community, for sure, around, around record collecting and just vinyls and in general and all that with the santana album when you listen um to the tracks because you said that's the type of record i would want to hear on on vinyl you, you know, know it's funny that's the one record i didn't see again i wasn't looking as uh, i mean i would sh- i would i'm assume sure that you would find kinda, it. maybe or maybe it's hard to find i don't know um hmm. maybe it's like a more of a rare pressing you know what i mean maybe they haven't like repressed. into that i'm yeah. sure i'm sure you can find some used copies online but yeah takes away a little bit you think the what do you mean no i mean not, i mean i guess if they kept it good if yeah and also like to me i don't mind buying records online depending on where i get it from yeah i don't typically buy records on amazon even though you can um i Any go to reason well you like the brick and mortar man you're trying that but i mean i also like discogs a lot which is a, a website that's just uh, like yeah you it's a it's, it's like a music cataloging website where people can like catalog all their physical copies of music and yeah. people also post like you know oh you know i'm selling this for you know whatever this a album. marketplace for vinyls yeah or cds i think cds, CDs cassettes, tapes or yeah cassettes, cassettes vinyl Records, you know, all forty fives, fucking everything. <laughs> forty five. I saw that today. They're like yeah, the half little, the size yeah, the little a, ones. Usually, they have like an EP is like pressed on that because it's shorter. Or it's like a single would be pressed on that or something like is that. Is that what that? Mainly? Typically, typically, sometimes you'll have a whole album on there, but it's like wouldn't be common. 
how often would you blaze to an album electric wizard dope throne what got you into these guys like every time you tell me about a band i got the, i got into them dude in yeah. high school um they were so in high school i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't into metal like i wasn't really into metal at all like metal has been more of a more of a recent thing for me for sure sure and uh electric wizard was like about as heavy as i would ever get with metal you know what i mean that's like and i didn't really stray with their other music all too much and that was because in in high school i was very much into just psychedelic rock and like that whole sound pink floyd sound pink floyd that but not even like not even like the later pink floyd you know what i mean like the early pink floyd they're more psychedelic early on yeah like the early pink floyd or like um the later beatles or like (laughs) <laughs> um there's this one band called dead meadow um the black angels is another one velvet underground a lot of velvet these like underground is um, a lot of these like old school kind of sounding you know the doors i was very much into them um and what's interesting was that yeah. i kind of noticed that psychedelic music or psych rock in back in the 60s and 70s were kind of like the, it helped the cutting it helped the cutting edge for more heavier music because they were the only sort of albums that would really experiment and they would really go out of the way to be uh, different yeah, and to sound how, heavy and loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when Saucer, when Pink Floyd would play Saucer Full of Secrets or like um, some of their songs uh, live, people were like blown away because they never heard anything as loud before. You know, Pink Floyd is one of the loudest bands when they first I don't out. remember that And album, when you think man. about it, it's almost like you know like pink floyd being loud like that's like weird you know what yeah. i mean yeah the wall was more of like like the 80s yeah no 80s but you know what that wasn't well, that was when they, my favorite but that well, was because more there commercial was a, maybe the i mean most, that i i agree with you that it wasn't it wasn't one of my favorites either i didn't really like the wall that much no i like animals a lot animals was good but what's interesting was that it was there was a, a style change after sid barrett left uh uh, Pink Floyd. Right. He was kind of kicked out in a way. But I thought he went crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's why he was kicked out or left, however you want to look at it, because mm. they couldn't continue on with him because he would just be in the middle of 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 a performance and he just start tripping out and doesn't and they don't he doesn't sing or just do anything he just kind of st- stands there or he'll just freak out and do some other crazy shit on stage and so they just couldn't they couldn't yeah. have him do anything they had a song dedicated to him uh, they had a whole album dedicated yeah, to him right. wish you were here yeah oh, wish you were here sure. and the there's a good story about Very good song about it? um when they were recording shine on you crazy diamonds um when they finished recording the song um, they came out of the recording studio and then they saw Sid Barrett sitting outside and this was the first time that they saw him in like like 10 years or some shit like that and he looked completely different he was like on uh, psychiatric medication at the time and he shaved his head he was like completely bald he was like he gained a lot of weight and stuff like that so he just looked like a completely different person no shit and um, like I heard this on this documentary and the way they kind of edited it was kind of cool because in Shine On You Crazy Diamonds there's a guitar part, the down, 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 and it's like this very like, oh, kind of like I know sad, exactly but a little creepy and a little like it's like this weird sort of like dark guitar tone that they or a little thing that they do, and they kind of like edit when they when they say like oh like you know they walked out of the studio and they see Sid Barrett they put that guitar in the background and it really applies to and two is like that's how they felt with Sid Barrett because like. 
without because that was their friend that was like one of their best friends growing up as in in their childhood so seeing them in this state is almost like kind of crazy and like sad and 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 creepy and and weird it's just like a whole it's like a whole crazy thing with 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 them i don't know it's kind of pink floyd is a very interesting is an interesting story to that band yeah um so I don't like Roger Waters. Waters. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Waters is whatever. Um, so Electric Wizard. How many albums do these guys have? They have a number of albums. I think they have like ten. What? They have a they have a number of them. The one, yeah, the Dope Throw album that you showed oh, me. Oh, let me look. That what one number up. you would say that would be? I think I had uh, it that pulled was, up. Here. That one I know came out in like two thousand. Okay. Or like two thousand one. Um, no, this is the first. This is the second tab. Yeah, I just started looking um, at the. Um, I forget which. Um, it was a two thousand release, yeah, um, and then they re-release the same level yeah, in two thousand four, and then two, yeah, oh, with an extra song. Oh, so they kind of did their own. Yeah, and this whole thing will. was part of a trilogy. Yeah, the Electric Wizard album. Look at us doing research in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> hey, it's helpful. I don't want to be too far yeah, off. Yeah, that's true. Know? But yeah, it, it was a, a trilogy compared to the other ones. But I never really, I mean, I have heard them now. But when I first heard Dope Throne, I didn't really know it was a part of the trilogy. I didn't really know about much about their other albums. So you stumbled upon it? I just kind of stumbled time? upon it. I mean, and you dug I it. realized that with the internet and people within my age range and generation that... Yeah. It's sort of weird how you can be so young and be into like really out there music. Because when you, I, I read this YouTube comment, which is kind of weird to get like a, a philosophical thought from, but I read this YouTube comment. Yeah, right? That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> where this guy made a good point where he's like, you know, I grew up, he was like, I grew up in like the 80s and like, you know, I, I, I never heard of like Slayer until like way later on. And like, you know, now these kids are like talking about like these crazy like death metal and all these other stuff that's yeah. like more extreme than like, you know, bands like Slayer, like these other metal bands or whatever. And like, it, it's almost like as if the, the, uh, internet inspi- is going to inspire a new generation of artists and musicians where it would either like they're just copying these older sounds and just kind of continuing it. Or maybe these people are going to like have such a wide range of, of different music and different styles and genres that they're going to make something that is truly unique. And that's something down the line where like somebody from my generation or even, you know, a, a newer what? generation, they're like- going to make something that like we haven't even conceived of yet in terms of like sound. You know what I mean? In terms of like what it means to like make music and yeah. like what music, what the extent of music can really get to. And you like, think that evolves with technology, maybe? A hundred percent. Because 100%. you can't Look have at electronic, the electronic music. music. You can't right. have Aphex Twin in the 60s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it would be too you hard. Yeah. You can't have a drum and bass song in like the, you know, in the in 60s. The f- imagine in imagine, the 50s. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Imagine showing them like, elect- imagine showing them Dope Throne in like 1950. Go back in time. You show oh, them, man, people, you bring them a vinyl copy of Dope Throne and you play them, they still think this is straight noise. This even is Santana. Straight noise. Even if you take the Santana. 100%, yeah. In the 50s, and Santana. Well, one of the. Because that was, it was a, interesting. I was reading about how in that Santana album, when it first came out, a lot of critics criticized it. A lot of critics in, like, the, you know, these major magazines like Rolling Stone and all these other ones saying how, like, it just sounded like a bunch of noise and it sounded like chaotic mess. Really? Off of Rolling Stones at that the, time? When it first came out, yeah. But that just goes to show you how ahead of their time Santana was. And how I think Santana how, is one of the better guitar players. Because yeah, looking out back there. at it now, when 
you know, Rolling Stone kind of went back and said, like, no, nah, this is actually like a four, you know, four stars out of five or like, you know, five stars. Because he's Puerto Rican, though. <laughs> they don't like Puerto Rican. That's what they did to Jose Feliciano. You know who he is? No. He did a song. He was famous, you know, as a Spanish guitarist. He played uh-huh. a lot of like acoustics. And he has like he has one song. Um, he even has like a, a Christmas song he did. You know, what? I want to wish you Oh, oh, sure. Um, or Guantanamera. Even though Guantanamera, the song itself, is actually a much older folk song, a Cuban folk song. I've heard about that, but, yeah. You know, he. what I'm saying, like, he does, so many artists has done covers of, like, Guantanamera. Uh-huh. Um, what's a, was another really good song that I love? I, I really like. He did California Dreaming. He did that. Not the Mamas and Papas yeah, version. Yeah, he did the cover of it. I've heard that cover. Yeah, yeah. You heard that cover. I've heard that cover. I love I've heard the way some of his stuff. He's pretty cool, man. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of those rockers from back in the day were very cool. Like B.B. King and, and all those guys. Chuck Berry. You know, like, they yeah. they were phenomenal. I found a time. couple Miles Davis records today. At, Miles uh, Davis was pretty great. Yeah, at Gramps. I saw Such a couple a f- records. Phenomenal jazz artist. That's um, it's an interesting subject. Jazz is something that I can't vast. I want to become speak more about first. Well. It's just fascinating, and to speak on it, I feel like there are gotta, some jazz that, like, to the extent of jazz that I would go to is like Latin jazz, or like I, love I would that even sound, consider like, like Santana. So the Santana point is was, kind of like jazz fusion. Hell yeah! Have you seen the songs he did with like George Benson? No. You never heard with Santana and George Benson. And George Benson is a phenomenal guitar player. I know who George Benson is. Yeah, George Benson is shit. I didn't know they did with Santana and they're playing together. Oh, I gotta put that. I gotta. I can't put the song on the podcast, (laughs) but I'll show you off air. Um, Really good, Adam. You ask Adam, he'll tell you right now. Dad. Because dad's sure. a fan of, yeah. you know, George Benson. Dad's a fan of those guys like Earth, Wind, and Fire, yeah. George Benson. You know, like. Not going to lie. I mean, Earth, Wind, and Fire is pretty legit. Ass. How can you not? You know what I mean? And I think Santana bands like War. There's like an ethnic, uh, there is ethnicity yeah. to that style of music. 100%. When you look, even War itself. Mm-hmm. You listen to War. Yeah. I mean, outside of having Eric Burden as a frontman. Does that seem racist? Eric Burden, the frontman, is a white dude, and <laughs> War is predominantly a black man. I mean, and I Eric mean, Burden has to put his fucking name Well, no, I think, I think if anything, it represents the multiculturalism of New York at the time. Because they're from New York, aren't no, they? No, Warren's was the West Coast That's the West Coast. I thought they were East Coast. They're so, they sound you, the East Coast. Are you kidding me? Uh, no low ride. Hey, oh, my low ride. That's, oh, what? Na, 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 na. That doesn't sound like Cheeky I thought. Chanty. I thought that was, that, not going to lie, I thought I thought War was from the East Coast. No, it's Los Angeles, man. I did they're, not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. They're awesome. What do you mean? That, it's their <laughs> sound. That's that sound. Yeah. They have a West Coast sound. West Coast has, I think, West Coast. Well, I mean, even then, I mean, it's that LA is multicultural. I mean, still. Well, my yeah. point so still, is New my, York. My point, I mean, my point good still point. stands. Yeah, you know. My point still stands. Yeah, Miami, New York, LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah my point that's, still stands. All right, all right. Sorry. But still, I mean, the fact that you even said they're from LA. <laughs> I didn't know. And you I take apologize. a song like Low Rider. I apologize. God damn it. Let's cut the air. You know what? Yeah, I'm this is the last episode of the podcast. We're done. No. Anyway, the album's we picked up today this was from um sweat records which is you know by the way with sweat records so there's a bar next to sweat records called churchill's which is we talked about it before too i think i think we have it's an english pub yeah or you know and punk rock pub very Metal. when the neighborhood was really bad at that time yeah. when churchill's was there it gave it its authenticity that's now a relic of kind of is you know what i'm saying especially because, when you step inside because now that area is getting so changed yeah you know or gentrified or yeah. whatever anyway um i didn't even know that record store was there and when i asked a girl today you know 15 years i was like oh 
Shit, really? Shout yeah. out to Sweat Records. <laughs> cool place. I in when I made that comment, I think a place like Sweat Records, you go, those are like the real vinyl heads. That, yeah, that's more of like where you know. A like hey, will I go. know a good little spot in Miami because yeah. they have a reputation with. Well, like I think I mean Sweat. I think is the biggest record shop in Miami. Yeah, and yeah. more than Technique. Uh, more famous. No shit. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Well, then again, see, I'm finding this new appreciation for vinyls. Like, I always had an appreciation for music, obviously. We're doing I don't know this how podcast. long Technique has been around, though. Well, my point is, no, I don't think, I think Sweat might have been around longer. Yeah. If it's where I think, yeah. when you gave me the address. But, um, the albums we got today that you picked up, maybe we should do oh, an episode where we talk about the, one of the albums that you That'd picked up, cool. which was uh, I, I Slayer two, two. Show No Mercy. Yeah, Show No Mercy, their first album, probably the best thrash album in in the history of thrash and metal in general. Right. And, uh, you know, Metallica can suck Slayer's dick, fucking, <laughs> Damn. Uh, the, the, you know, the rest of the big four can, Slayer just dominates the big four, dude. What? The big four is like the big four thrash bands. What would um, they be? Um, is Metallica, Slayer, uh, uh. Gwar? Is Gwar one of them? No. Gwar oh. <laughs> is a joke band, but uh, no, Gwar is cool though. Um, I, I want to say Pantera. I forget who the other two are. Um. I'm not the biggest thrash head, but I know Metallica and Slayer are one of the one of the two in the big four, and um, yeah, Slayer just dominates it. Um, and then the other album I got is from a band called Lightning Bolt, and it's the album um, Wonderful Rainbow. And basically, what um, this band is and what this album kind of is. They're sort of like a, a punk, sort of like noise kind of group. Who? Uh, Lightning Bolt. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they are a... I've seen this before. Yeah, so seen you've seen video. George Benson, okay, you've seen yeah. Santana. They, now they have a Van Morrison. So that's what I just want to re- actually remind myself yeah, uh, a little but bit better. <clears throat> going back to Lightning Bolt. Um, yeah, they're kind of like a weird like noise punk band yeah and uh what they're interesting is it's just a two-piece it's just guitar and drums and the drums are just this very fast just like speed. noisy just like not really speed but just very simple and just very like is almost like it gets you like jumping you know okay. what i mean not really so much in like this an angry, lightning bolt yeah okay not really like in an angry way but just more of like i'm really energetic you know what i mean i just want to bounce around and just be noisy and loud. That sounds like a good, I mean? like if you're running or you're it's working really out. It's really good for get that. Your, yeah. get you, um, There's one song off of this album called Dracula Mountain that is really good and is my favorite off the off the album. Of uh, the one that you got yeah. today? The yeah. Show No Mercy? No, no, no. No, uh, the other one. I'm Wonderful sorry. Wonderful Rainbow. Well, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Show No Mercy. This is just, all the songs off of here is great. But my favorite would probably be Die by the Sword. No that shit. That one is just fucking metal through and through. I dude. gotta hear that. That will come Die back and we could talk about that one, you know. Um yeah. Show No Mercy came out in 1983, and I believe the Lightning Bolt album came out in like 2007 or 2008, one of the two. I believe 2007. But um, yeah, both very interesting albums, and both uh, unique in their own way. Uh, the Show No Mercy being like more of the uh, quintessential metal album that everybody goes to for like the extreme metal, for sure. Bands like Slayer. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you're bolt. into like thrash, thrash. Yeah, thrash and lightning bolts aren't really metal. They're more punk. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
all right on yeah. um the santana album when you when you heard it mm-hmm. when um obviously you liked it that's yeah. like uh, i really liked it yeah it was, it was pretty jam it's funny the sound with that one i to me that's just more my taste of music like yeah. that i always like the it almost had like a rumba type of feel you a know? little bit a little bit but little yeah bit. still psychedelic funk rock funky yeah, yeah. a good i think it was like stoner 100 yeah be, it would be that album um so yeah the one thing i didn't find out this album and i actually thought it was on this album on the santana album mm-hmm. on the 1969 floor de luna and it was been driving me crazy because i was trying to <laughs> remember the song and i'm just like why the hell i can't find it and i love that song by the way yeah. so actually it's going to sound kind of novice but i didn't what album is that one do you know are you not a big santana guy overall overall no santana i mean i know his like major songs and like some other things but sure i think i'm gonna be getting into him for sure because lately i've been listening to a lot of like psychedelic i've been going back to like psychedelic you know what band kind of aligns a little bit with um santana and like when i think of bands like war it always brings me back Mm to those um you even adam listens to this band Mm -hmm. red crimson King Crimson? King Crimson. I like their sound, too. I know they sound... I wouldn't, I wouldn't really compare the two. But no, I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing. But I feel like the vein of music... In what sense? I guess the time error. Yeah. More so. Yeah. But the themes and, like, the sound that they're trying to... They're, they're both going in, like, different mindsets in terms of what they were trying to do with their music they weren't trying to be yeah. psychedelic and, and, and funky. They were more... King Crimson was more of, like, a... A progressive rock type of thing you can right. almost you can almost incorporate like jazz heavily into it it was more of a progressive type of thing and they wanted to well to build the santana, something with it. A santana album i mean it had a progression what do you mean by progression first of all like when progressive you as in it's, it's forward a genre. of its time that but also in the terms of how the song how the music is structured okay. and how the songs are sort of laid out and like um just the route it takes with the music and like the whole album is its own piece you know what i mean and yes you can say the same thing for the santana album but it's different in the sense where it's like the song starts and ends there isn't like a peak and there isn't like a like a climax I a crescendo. okay and and that's the way those progressive rock songs type of do like you look at you look at um what like I, what a good they're... example would be like dark side of the moon you know what i mean you got like the first song, which introduces oh, the okay. story like that time, it's telling. Like the song Time would be a good one? Well, no. I'm talking about the... I forget the first, first song of the album is called. Oh. And oh, then after yeah, that okay. is Run, which is kind of like this like synthesizer yeah, doing crazy yeah. thing. And then Time is like another point in like a story it's telling. Right. Progressive rock tends to be more of like you're telling a story through the music. The point I'm trying to say is that like Santana's a jam yeah more of a yeah. jam but I think when you like listen to Santana it'd be like Grateful Dead would be more of a good comparison to Santana I wasn't necessarily trying to compare them but it puts me in the vein of thought I know they're two different yeah, sounds yeah. you know it's like obviously you can't compare Pink Floyd to Santana right yeah. they're two so Pink Floyd would be considered progressive in yeah. that sense progressive and rock yeah. I think almost to a degree a touch of and at the time probably didn't exist like a post-rocky 
type of you know king crimson more so but yeah one can say that like i think yeah. one could make that yeah yeah Yo, and you, i don't think they the were right aware idea. of it of his time no. of what post rock even is because that even and we talked about that on another podcast like with slint yeah to my way and things like that but santana when you when i look at a band like santana and i listen to this album and with the tracks going through it the sound i love but it's something that i feel like they are 20 times better live yeah like war was yeah there's live performances i've seen especially when they had eric burden when they do a song like spirit mm-hmm. spirit babe i'm like fuck imagine sitting there and everyone's like kind of just you could tell people just blaze you smoke <laughs> you have a few drinks in here and you just jam it and it's a jam yeah, yeah. you know i think these guys can be the precursors of what jam bands are to to a degree. You've said that before, jam bands, and I never really understood what you, you meant jam by band. that. So a lot what, what, like, like give an Sound example. Tribe Sector Nine is a band. I had no idea. <laughs> they would be considered like a jam band. A lot of, and it's a culture in itself. So you have like like Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead has like a true deep rooted following yeah and they go back and you know what i can't in fact there's a there's a funny little anecdote about how um when the grateful dead did their tour in the 90s where they got together again and toured across the u.s in the 90s they there was a a uh, lsd boom throughout the u.s and so like the the early to mid 90s there was way more lsd like good quality lsd than than they were in the 80s because the grateful dead started touring again well it's a (laughs) that so what i'm saying is like it's it's a culture in itself yeah so like today i think there's a culture amongst people with vinyl collections you even have those djs that take these old records that will sample and people who are just in love with collection like yourself and i'm starting to get into it uh, more and you have a culture like live you know live music when we saw live music last night there's nothing better than that than any fucking record yeah of course you know because you're feeling you're from the source um so like a band which is a good band people these are bands that always tour they they have studio albums which sound much different but they're these kind of bands that you have to see them live mm. oh okay i get what you mean you know what i mean they're meant to be live yeah they usually have zero to no lyrics no almost it's not existent for the most i'm going off soundside sector nine more because i dated a girl and that was her band of choice so that's what, what actually the, name of the band Sound Tribe Sector 9. Sound Tribe Sector 9? Yeah, you know what's cool? I think there's a little connection with the longboards, Sector 9 longboards. Oh, I don't know yeah. if there's a relation there. I'm but sure there is. I could be all... Or yeah, like the Disco Biscuits, you know, is another <laughs> band. They're cool. And, they, and they're funk. Yeah. It's funk. It's jammy. I, you know... Well, I mean, that type of genre, I feel like it's hard to capture the feeling that you get in, a, in like a vinyl or a digital or, you know, whatever. Because... There's more to that type of music than just the music itself, yes. because there's there, the artist is giving the, his emotion on the stage right then and there, and each performance he gives is a different feeling or emotion that he's trying to portray. So that's what I feel like. If you listen to like a, I'm sure their studio albums sound good or whatever. I like them. I actually sure. don't just because. But I'm sure yes, they are better live because there's more feeling to it. Sure. I'm sure if I heard their studio album, I bet. In my opinion, it would sound like not. It would sound more stale because I'm sure they're. I don't. That's I mean, where this is. I what never a, heard. Of, I mean, that's just. I'm just giving my one, assumption. Yeah, their first album, I liked it a lot, and the reason why sometimes I actually liked their um the studio sometimes. Yeah. 
I never had that relationship with the live right. stuff. Because, you know, a lot of these bands that I've noticed, you know, dating her, meeting those that culture a little bit, is there's like a true following that goes with it. It's like the LSD community. Sure. A lot of that, you know, peace Same and love. Um, yeah, man, all types of music yeah, have their certain of type of music. Um, which is like Bonnaroo type of thing where bands come together yeah. or, you know what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm not like a fucking I get what expert, you mean. I get you know? what you mean. But it's an awesome thing. So bands like War, Santana, and things like that, I can see how when I just watched like the live recordings when they did Soul Sacrifice and at Woodstock, I'm like, yeah. man, you have to be there. Yeah. Like that is an experience that would never like those people in those time in that time era they felt something there there was something there yeah that's where those were today the music bands today or those culture music festivals that come together you know you have them with the electronic mm -hmm. with dance you have them with the djs you have them with these jam bands if you will mm -hmm. and what i always dug about with sector nine or soundtrack sector nine i always dug it to the their percussion okay. they had a good percussionist yeah. And it wasn't in all songs. She named her cat off a song. And the name of the song was called Kumui. And I was saying, really cool song. Yeah. You know, so. Um, and that's how I kind of learned about that. So it reminds me when you say, when you talk about Black Sabbath being, or Slayer mm. being like the predecessor or what metal. Yeah. Or these maybe. Yeah. These no, fathers yeah, yeah. of it. I look at bands like, like Santana to be that precursor to the same thing in yeah. their own right, in their own vein. You know, yeah, I guess with I the King Crimson, what I was trying to make there was more just the time frame and puts me yeah. in a state of mind. And plus, I dug him because. Well, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure like, you know, the band Santana was in was more of like a collective of musicians, sort of like how King Crimson is. You know what I mean? Right. Like King Crimson is more of like a collection of different musicians getting together and making projects. You know what I mean? Yeah. With like one dude who I, his name eludes me, but who one dude who sort of like is the the main dude you know what i mean who kind of keeps king crimson that name alive you know what i mean like, it's like zappa with the mothers of invention right yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like a i'm sure santana had that same sort of setup where it's like different musicians come together and you know they make music together and they do things together or whatever um but but i mean that's an interesting thought i mean i i, I would assume that Woodstock in general kind of helped pave the way for all the the music festivals nowadays i mean 100 so percent. Yeah. grateful dead is another uh that's a good example. You have Dr. John as another... Um, you can band. almost say, uh, what's the uh, uh, Gathering of the Juggalos is a modern-day Woodstock. <laughs> oh, really? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're all living in mud and shit like that. They're all probably on drugs. Why not? <laughs> it sounds like a good time. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, so, yeah, that's how what I get off these albums. And that's why I really appreciate, like, the Santana. And that's why I yeah. chose it to get that. You know, because when I think of like a good smoking album, yeah, I think that's a good because it's a, a jam. And and I of course is opinionated. Honestly. And I would say the same thing for for the Dope Throne album. I think yeah. that you know, it, I mean, that's kind of why like I brought it to the table because I feel like it's a good compliment to this because they they both are kind of like these type of albums that you just kind of can smoke to and just kind of be yeah, like I go on a trip. I respect this Electric Wizard album. Yeah, for I think you would like their other albums because they have some other albums that aren't as heavy. They just purposely made this one to be as as gnarly and heavy as this possible. This was better than the Burnham album, I think. The Burzum? Burzum, I'm sorry. Yeah. This Well, it's I, they're they're during, different. They too. are they're they're different genres of metal. Yeah. Sure. And one I, is I prefer this one if I had yeah. to say like I mean the stoner doom metal, I think you would like 
Yeah, that's, what, that's what it's called. It's yeah. called stoner metal or doom metal. I dug that. That's yeah. why I dug them in that respect, in, yeah. that, in that regard. And for not being too into metal, yeah, this felt like a quintessential metal album. Like, okay, this is it, just a it, solid metal for album for that for the for the doom metal genre for like the slower kind of metal. It, that's yeah, what it was. That is yeah. the quintessential. With some, we had some melody to it. Yeah. it, it wasn't a bad album. I, yeah. I'm not like not at all by any means. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but what do you think overall? I think but everything's today, great. I think was another. Think yeah, good, I guess man. that was a terrible. Yeah, so how you been in uh, life? Life's good. Yeah, <laughs> life is good. You know, it's period. gooder. Yeah, period. Anyway, I think that concludes another episode yeah, of I think so. the Lo-Fi Podcast. And I really dig the community of the record thing. I almost want to dabble in more. Let's go back. Uh, when they do it or just whenever whenever record stores or just to kind of explore yeah. out there you know but anyway um we'll put the links below i'm sure a lot of people more so probably heard the santana album than the electric probably wizard heard the one song off of it the evil ways it's a popular album i mean millions of people have heard it so but sure but hey look if you haven't check it out it's a fucking awesome album yeah and dope throne if you're appreciating some good heavy rock music metal you know but that dope metal you know (laughs) definitely check out electric wizard dope throne i think that was a good choice so this is king signing off for you motherfuckers (laughs) this is nick saying goodbye all right peace